chapter number 7, verses 9 and 10, then 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse number 13. Acts 7, 9 and 10, 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. If you're there in the book of Acts 7, say amen. All right, let's read tonight. And the patriarchs moved with envy, sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with him and delivered him out of all his afflictions and gave him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he made him governor over Egypt and all his house. First Corinthians chapter number 10, one verse, verse number 13. There hath no temptation taken you but such as common to man, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Would you pray with me tonight? Precious Savior, what a privilege it is as we come before you. We honor you, the King of glory, with praises. Oh, worthy the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We thank you, Lord, for life and peace and joy of the Holy Ghost. We thank you tonight for your precious blood. And I pray, Lord, as you look upon this gathering, I pray let your hand rest upon every heart. I pray tonight, God, your strength be granted. God, your mercies to be extended. And I ask God for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Anoint my mind, God, with a clarity that I may minister your word. Let it be to your honor and glory and praise. Let it be for the edifying and strengthening of the body. For tonight we acknowledge our need of you, our dependency, mighty God, of your strength. We thank you, Lord, for this life, and we praise you for this joy. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask and pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. You may be seated tonight. He will make a way. He will make a way. We take our thought from 1 Corinthians 10, 13, the latter part, where it says, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Tonight, God will make a way. We read of a testimonial that is being given by a man who's about ready to face the sentence of death by stoning. Stephen is declaring and telling about the fathers and how that through Abraham and through Jacob and then now through Joseph, he begins to relate the story of how the life of a young man whose name was Joseph, how that he and amongst all of his brethren became daddy's favorite. He became daddy's favorite. And because of daddy's favorite, he was hated by the rest of his brothers. From Reuben on down to the rest of his brethren, every time they saw Joseph, there was something in him. Oh, in them, they got stirred up. They couldn't even look at him without having some kind of ill in their heart. And my friend, tonight I want to tell you, when they spoke to him, they couldn't even speak peaceably. They always had something critical 
something mean, something degrading, or just shunning him away. But if it was not enough on top of being dad's favorite, it got worse. Because Joseph, Joseph was not just an ordinary young man. And I believe anybody that's called by God, and I'm looking at some faces of people who've been called by God. I believe if you've been called by God, you're not an ordinary person because you're special in the eyes of God. And God has called you. He has called each and every one of you and I tonight that we might be saints. Oh, there's no greater calling than to be called a saint and a child of God. I am thankful I've been called a saint and child of God. That is the highest of callings, to be called a saint, child of the Most High God. But Joseph, being a favorite of his dad, he had had a coat that was made and placed upon his shoulders, the coat of many colors that we've read about. His brothers began to hate him even more. Oh, the hatred was welling, but it had not reached its peak yet. It was going to keep increasing. There's something about when God's hand is on you, it makes the devil mad. You make the devil mad when God's got his hand on you. Oh, he hates to hear Sister Willis get up and sing praises to God. He would rather she just sit right there because when she's lifting her voice to God, it's giving glory to the king and the devil don't like that. Oh, if he can keep you silent. Oh, if he can steal your testimony. Oh, if he can keep you from praying. And he certainly doesn't want you to go to the house of God. You have been favored by the Father. And Joseph was favored by his father. But if it wasn't enough, he began to dream. <laughs> when God begins to speak to our hearts, he puts vision and dreams there for his glory. It's not for our own building up. It's not about building ourselves up. It's about what he wants us to do for him. Sometimes we get that a little confused. And we don't know the ins and outs of it all, but somehow in my own heart, I wonder if maybe Joseph had that a little bit confused. He was young. He was excited because God was dealing with him. Oh, there's something exciting when God begins to deal with you. God begins to work in your life. You feel that drawing to go to pray. You feel that desire to become closer to God. Oh, there's something special about Anybody know what I'm talking about tonight? There's something special about that drawing of God. He draws you to the prayer room. He draws you to that altar. He draws you to that place of worship. Oh, there's something special. And we find Joseph begin to receive that drawing and the dreams begin to come. And so, Brother David, he was excited. So he goes to his brothers thinking, they're going to share my excitement. I dreamed a dream, brothers. In my dream, we were all binding sheaves in the field. And guess what, brothers? Your sheaves bowed down to mine. You little runt. We're going to stamp you like a bug you are. And no doubt their mindset began in that direction. You think you're something, little snot. You got that coat of many colors on. You're daddy's little buddy. All right, we'll watch out. Your time's coming, pal. Your time's coming. Time went on, and 
If it wasn't enough, Joseph had yet another dream. And in this dream, he did not just share it with his brothers, but dad was present. Israel was present. Jacob was there, and Joseph began to tell his dream, and even the stars, the sun, the moon, all the heaven bowed before him. That upset dad. What? What are you saying? Your mother and I, your brethren are going to bow before you? His dad was wroth, but yet you read in the scripture, he took note of that. He ought to upset him. Who do you think you are? I, I, you know I love you, but hey, you're, you're, now you're getting a little beyond the boundary. It's one thing you're dreaming about your brother's bound down, but now you're saying, I'm about, wait a minute. Wait a minute. In his excitement, church, I believe, he was expressing what God was revealing to him. And in the midst of all that, it was not received in the way he was expecting. And the time would come when his brothers were away and been gone for some time. Dad said, hey, go check on your brothers. I want you to go to see how they're doing. They've been gone for some time. Go see how they're doing. We read in the scripture when he finally gets led to the direction where they've went, they see him because of something he had on. You know what I'm talking about. He stood out and away, far away. And their words were simple and plain. Here comes that dreamer. Here comes that dreamer. It wasn't our brother Joseph. It wasn't our little brother. And then following, they said, let's kill him. Let's kill him. That hatred had built so greatly that now they thought, here's our opportunity. We couldn't get a much better one. And so they schemed to kill him. He was thrown in the pit. We know what happened. We know that Reuben began to feel a little bit guilty. He was the oldest brother thinking, hey, I'm responsible. I'm the eldest, and this is going to happen on my watch. This ain't going to happen. I've got to do something here. And he's thinking, he's thinking, well, I'll just let him be there for a little bit, and when I come back, I'll, when they're not around, I'll, and I'll let him out and say, get back home now. You know, I don't know, what but we have an idea. Reuben had intention to set him loose. But while Reuben was not present, there was a band of Ishmaelites that come. They were on their way to the land of Egypt. They had goods to sell and trade, no doubt. Possibly some slave trade going on because it was there, the caravan, that they sold their younger brother. While Reuben was gone, they said, hey, why, why just kill this guy? Let's make some money off this. We'll get rid of him. We'll never see him again. They sold him as a slave to the band of Ishmaelites. He goes to Egypt and there he's beheld by the eyes of a chief officer whose name was Potiphar. Come to understand he was the executioner. Imagine that. He's in the house of the chief officer and executioner for Pharaoh. And there while in the house of Potiphar, God's hand of favor began to show. God's blessing, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter, church, 
what goes, what comes, if you are in the favor of God and you remain in his eyes, oh, you love him, you serve him, you don't curse him when things go wrong, you don't say, God, why? You don't blame him. You say, God, thank you for just being good to me. Oh, I believe tonight that makes a great big difference. If when we're going through something, we just say, God, I'm going to praise you no matter what. Joseph was in the house of Potiphar, and Potiphar said, man, this young man is studious. Everything he does seems to prosper. Now, he's been blessed just doing what he's doing right here. What if I make him over all my house? My whole house will be blessed. Young man, you're doing a fine job. I'm going to make you chief rule over my whole house. And so Joseph was put in responsibility of all the other servants. Everything that came and would go, and, and everything Joseph done, the Bible said God was with him. God was with him. Church, when God is with you, if God be for us, come on, who could be against us? Even in a bad situation, if God be for you, who can be against you? He prospered, but while he was prospering, once again, the enemy does not want to see you prosper. If he sees God's favor on your life, thinking, hmm, being a slave didn't work. Well, we got to go the next step. What can I do to get this fellow out of the way? The enemy's always looking in a way to trap you, to ensnare you to hurt you, harm you, to destroy you. That is his goal. And in the midst of all of his dreams that had become a curse, and in the midst of all the ways of his dedication of doing the right thing, it would be doing the right thing. It would be doing the thing that was proper would get him in trouble. Because his duty he put forefront and he done it every day consistently. The enemy's always watching and seeing how consistent you are. As long as you're consistent, he can't see a way to get in. But then he thinks, what can I do with that consistency? Remember Daniel? They couldn't find any fault against him, but there was some consistency there. His prayer life. His prayer life. If we can make that illegal, we can get him. And it was that good consistency that got Daniel, but God was with him too. God was with him too. But Joseph's consistency was, he was doing his duties every day, but one day in doing his consistent duties, we read about this, and I want to go to their Genesis chapter number 39, verse number 11, where it says, and it came to pass about this time, that Joseph went into the house to do his business. And there was none of the men of the house there within. I want to stop here for a moment. A lot of grief, a lot of pain, a lot of heartache, a lot of sorrow can be stopped when you cover yourself. Every 
one of us in here at one time or another either learned through the hard way or through someone else's hard way the importance of covering yourself. Joseph was so confident because he knew his own heart. We know our hearts, don't we? We know our hearts today. He was confident because he knew his heart. His heart was to do the right thing. I'm looking at a congregation tonight. I believe your heart is to do the right thing. But there's an enemy looking to try to manipulate your goodness that God has put in you. Those blessings in favor of God, he wants to steal away from you. And he will try his best. There was no men in the house. And so Joseph, he's just busy doing his thing. He's not paying no attention to none of that. When all of a sudden, while Joseph is in the house doing his business, a hand grabs a hold of that coat that he's wearing. Grabs hold of that coat and an evil mistress or wife, I should say, of his master. Asked him to come lie with her and, and away. He just, he leaves that in her hand. He is gone. He is gone. He flees. You see, God will always make a way if you want to be led. God will make a way if you want a way of escape. Or you can allow that situation to grab a hold of you. Some of us have been on both sides of that. And you have found out the hard way, oh, if I just would have listened, if I just would have listened, how much pain I could have been spared. But thank God, Joseph, he had a heart to do right. And no matter what, he said, no way. He fled and left that coat in her hand. But it was there. She began to cry out because she was angry. One more time, she had been rejected by a young man who loved God. Oh, church, tonight I just want to love my God. I want to love him in such a way that he means more to me than anything else. Yes, you may have made mistakes in the past. Yes, I may have made mistakes in the past. But oh, today I want you to know, oh, my God has made a way for you and I to escape. My friend, take the door and get out if there's an opportunity. Because the adversary is going to trap you inside. I was saying as Brother Joel was leading us in praise and worship and some of the things he said. I thought of the words in Revelation where the Lord said, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. I believe God has been knocking on some heart doors for a long time. And some have rejected that soft knocking because the pleasure of the world has been so great in the eyes. But its end will soon come. Too many love to give in to the temptation. We can see through empty seats tonight, many have given in to temptation that are not here tonight. The enemy will always make a way and an excuse for you. If you're easily bought, He's got something to sell. If you're easy to give in, he's always got some merchandise for you. Tonight, we've got to make up in our minds when the enemy comes against us and knowing that God will make a way if we'll hold on to him. Joseph put it in prison 
for something he did not do. If I understand correctly, he was there approximately between 10 and 13 years in prison for a crime he did not do. His dreams, no doubt, begin to fade, Brother Keelan. No doubt the dreams of that young manhood of 17 or so when God began to deal with him and he began to dream the dreams were beginning to fade. For no doubt, while in the prison house, he thought, I'm stuck here and there's no way out. But he never stopped loving God. And God was with him even in the prison house. It was there in the prison house that Joseph would continue to grow in learning and how to be a leader, a ruler. Learning how to take care of those that were in need. He would learn and have a heart no longer about his own dreams, but he began to see and meet the needs of others and theirs. Joseph would hear shortly dreams of two men that were servants to Pharaoh. They had been displeasing in the eyes of Pharaoh and he had placed them in prison. That was none other than his chief butler and baker. And they were placed in prison, and it was there. After a period of time, they had dreams. They had dreams. Joseph beheld their countenance, and their countenance was even down more than it had been. And he asked them what their problem was, and they had both said, we've had dreams and we do not understand. And Joseph making clear, well, God is an interpreter of dreams, and share with me and so we know that afterwards that Joseph interpreted to each to the chief butler it was told in just three days that your head's going to be raised up in other words lift up your head rejoice you know you're going back into Pharaoh's court you're going to be his chief butler again but the dream of the baker was one that was just the opposite his head would be lifted up, but not in the same way. His life would be taken. But it was through these dreams, once again, that he interpreted he was not caring about his own church. It was about those of others. Those of others. It is in the midst of our own problems, in the midst of our own trials, in the midst of our own tests, that we become discouraged, disheartened. And if we're not careful, we not only lose our own dream, but we're not able to help somebody else with theirs. But what I find important tonight and I want to express to you is even though his own dreams had been put on hold, he was able to take the time and share with others with theirs. He was able to show them that God was no respecter of person. He was able to share with them that what God had showed them in a dream would surely come to pass, and it did. But he was yet forgotten, even when he told that chief butler, hey, remember me? I'm here. He's no doubt probably told him the story. But he was forgotten. There are times that we're all going to go through when we feel so alone. We're going to feel like that we've done the best we can to help others, and yet we look in our own corner that we're in, and we see there's no one in my corner. I'm alone here. I'm empty here. And we find there's no one to lift us up. 
We feel like there's no one there to encourage us. And to you and I tonight, we, if we're not careful, we'll think, even God has forsaken me. But I want to remind you, he is never and will never forsake his children. Oh, my friend, when God gives you something, never let go of it. Because when God gives you something, he said you hold on to that because a time will come. You will see it come to pass if you hold on to me. Because he will make a way. He will make a way. Joseph endured another season of time, but it was then another dream would be given to Pharaoh of Egypt. And it was then the chief butler saw the golden opportunity. <laughs> it would be for his own good then, not to his hurt. He was afraid to remind the old Pharaoh about being in prison. He didn't want to go back. He wasn't about to say anything about Joseph, was he? That was his own skin he was thinking about. Sorry, Joseph, you helped me out, but wish you the best. But now the opportunity came. The opportunity came where Joseph would get to be able to have a chance to get out of that prison house. God will always make a way of an escape. It's not going to be on your time. It's never going to be the way you think it. And I want to tell you tonight, don't even try to imagine on your own. There's a song you need to start singing and never forget it. I'm trusting you, Lord. I'm trusting you. You've been so faithful. You've been so true. You've never failed me. I have failed you, but I'm trusting you, Lord. That's the song you need to remember when you're going through these things. And Joseph was called upon. He was lifted out of that prison place where he had been for so long. And it was there he was able to share his ability that God had given him. And there, through the interpretation to the Pharaoh of Egypt, giving the interpretation of the dream about seven years of plenty and seven years of famine, and how that a wise man need to be chosen to govern over the land to make sure that storehouses were built and that food had been stored because surely as the seven years of plenty would be, Joseph, he made it clear to Pharaoh, your dream was twofold, Pharaoh, and you had it twice. That's confirmation. The God of heaven that I serve, he's letting it be known it's going to take place. It's going to happen. Pharaoh said, I don't know anybody wiser than this young man right here took off his ring and put it on his hand. Got a gold chain. He got a new clothes, a new coat. And God made a way. God made the way. You see, tonight, church, because God will always make a way for them that put their confidence in him. Psalm 34, verse 15, it declares these words. The psalmist said, The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. I am so glad tonight, my God, not only is seeing what's going on in your life and mine, but he is hearing every prayer, oh, every cry, every time we call his name, God is hearing that. And my friend, he will be there for you when the time is right. Hold on to him. 
hold on to him. Second Peter chapter 2, verse number 9, it says, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. When we find ourselves in the prison house, we find ourselves in a place where we feel that there's no hope and our dreams have been dashed. The psalmist reminds us in Psalm 55, 22, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. You will and I will go through things in life. There's no exemptions. You're going to go through them. But when you learn to cast your burdens on the Lord, he's going to sustain you. And he's never going to allow the righteous to be moved. The psalmist said in Psalm 37, 3 through 6, Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness. Oh, I like that. As the light and thy judgment as the noonday. Drop down to verse 23 and 24. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with what? His hand. The Lord's going to uphold you with his hand. That is our confidence tonight. When we find ourselves in the prison house, Proverbs 3, 5, Solomon taking the words of his daddy, trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. Church, we've got to learn to trust in the Lord. No matter thick or thin, it doesn't matter if it don't look good to you right now. God knows your prison house. God knows where you are, and he's ready to open the door. Keep your praising going up. Keep your dedication to him. Keep your love for him. Never let the words leave your lips. Well, I don't know if God can do it. Never let the words leave your mouth that says, well, I don't know if God will. Get rid of that. Sing another song. I know he can. I believe he will. God will make a way for you. God will make a way. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Many times in our own situations, they'll become resolved when we learn to help others. Joseph did that. He wasn't bitter because his dreams seemed to be turned upside down. He helped others along the way. Keep helping others along the way. Keep doing 
what God has put in your heart to do, doing the right thing for the right reasons for the cause of the kingdom of God. I conclude 1 Peter chapter number 5, verses 6 and 7, and this is where we all must be obedient and follow. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Church, would you pray with me today?